Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the All Things Gymnastics Podcast. I'm Ashley Bueller, and I'm here with my co-host and twin sister, Brittany. Hey guys. Today's episode is all about unpopular gymnastics opinions. A few weeks ago, we asked you guys to send us some topics that not everyone in the gymnastics world seems to agree on. I mean, we can all probably agree that Simone Biles is the GOAT, or that USA Gymnastics is a total dumpster fire, but what about the two country rule, or you know, the definition of artistry? What is artistry? Today, we're going to be discussing all that and more. But before we get into the episode, make sure you're following us on social media. We're at All Things Gym Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. And we recently got an email just specific for this podcast. So you can email us comments or suggestions at allthingsgympod at gmail.com. Now, let's get into today's episode. So usually before Brittany and I record a podcast, we sit down, we figure out what we want to talk about, we write down some notes, just to make sure that we're on the same page. But this time is a little bit different, because Brittany and I didn't want to necessarily have the same thoughts and opinions. Yeah, we didn't want our opinions to influence each other, so we sat down separately, we took our own notes, we kind of did our own brain work for this, and we are going to be discussing these for the first time here today in front of you guys. (laughs) So who knows? Stay tuned. Maybe a fight will break out. Um, (laughs) You never know. (laughs) So the first question comes from Masti Panova fan, and they want to know what That's on we, Twitter, right? Yes. And they want to know what we think about the international look that Tim and Alfie are always talking about. So I feel like that's definitely a term that was coined by the U.S. commentators. I don't know if you necessarily hear other people, because like, what is the international look? Mm-hmm. To somebody who's from America... Obviously, any other country is international, but if you're a Russian gymnast, the U.S. gymnasts are international to you. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking about that, too. It's like, what exactly does that even mean? Right. What is an international look? I think that if the U.S. commentators were saying that about U.S. gymnasts, it's in reference to other countries. So, because I feel like the Americans are mostly known for their power. Big and then, skills. Yeah, and other countries are more more known for... Um, I guess you could say their artistry. Grace um, and elegance. Yeah. So countries like Russia, Romania, China, uh, really any country. The Netherlands, Belgium. Like, there's so many countries. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what they're more known for. So maybe when the United States is being compared to those gymnasts, we're talking about the international look. I'm putting air quotes around that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, when I heard that term back when you and I first started watching gymnastics when we were younger kids, when I heard them say that, I remember thinking, like, what does that even mean? And I think I associated it with the Russians for some reason, just because they're always thought of as, like, these beautiful, graceful, artistic gymnasts. Right. And I don't think that's necessarily what they're insinuating when they say that, but that's kind of how I always took it. Like, you know, back in the day, it was the Soviets. Now it's the Russians, and they're kind of, you know, linking those together. Yeah, they kind of, like, set the standard for artistry in the sport. I guess when I sat down and reflected on, like, my own thoughts and what, to me, I would classify that look as, like I said, I don't want to, like, I don't want to say the international look because, like, again, what is that? Yeah. Um, But I guess if we're going off of that term that, you know, Elfie and Tim and, uh, what's his name? L. Yeah. Me, literally, he's so irrelevant to me that I literally (laughs) forgot his name. (laughs) 
I, I was listening to Jim Castic's podcast, the uh, 2003 World's Recap, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure one of them forgot their name too. So <laughs> forgot Al's name. <laughs> He's pretty forgettable. I did not. Yeah, I did not do that on purpose. I'm like, wait a second, what was his name? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, anyways, to me, the international look when they say something like that is. You know, having really nice lines, your knees glued together, toes extended. Um, I guess effortless is the word mm-hmm. that I would describe it as. But I don't think that the, your style of gymnastics really has anything to do with where you live. Um, you know, it's more the, the body type that you were born with and how you train from a young age mm-hmm. to, you know, incorporate artistry and, you know what I mean, to, to develop that style. And I think that that's something that might be a little bit different from the Americans versus the rest of the world as they put more of an emphasis on those things. And I think the USA is getting better with that. We have another question that kind of dives deeper into that, so we'll hold off on those thoughts. But I do think that if we're talking about U.S. gymnasts in particular who have this look Courtney McCool comes to mind for me mm-hmm. Courtney McCool is like perfect she does everything like falsely uh, she does um Holly Dykes was one not Holly Dykes well Holly Dykes yes but Holly Vice is my mm-hmm. I literally wrote down Holly Dykes and I'm like looking at that I'm like wait a second that's not what I meant well they're both Holly far-less. Dykes it, that does apply to her but Holly Vice is what I meant um Morgan Hurd Nasty Yukin gymnasts like that mm-hmm. They have a really good basics, and I feel like a really strong foundation to their gymnastics that makes all the moves they do effortless. Yeah. Overall, though, I don't know. I feel like the term international look, I feel like that's just a really dumb and judgmental (laughs) thing. (laughs) Like, to me, there is no international look. So I kind of wish... I feel like they haven't said it in a while, so maybe that's a good thing. And if they do say it, I wish they would stop. Yeah, maybe they move past that now. I don't know. I guess we'll have to listen to it if there's a season uh, in 2021. Right. I truly haven't heard them say it in a while, so maybe that's a good thing. The next question comes from, well, not question, but the next topic, I guess, comes from at KChrisGLZ on Twitter, and she wants to know our thoughts on the Tuber Crunchy rule. This is one that I go back and forth on because I totally see both sides. I think that... I think my overwhelming feeling is that the best of the best should be able to compete, especially when you're talking about a major competition like the World Championships or the Olympics. I think it's more exciting to see a finals packed with the best of the best and girls that can actually contend for medals than it is to have more countries. But I also understand it from the sense that you know, they want to have diverse finals to make it fair for all countries. It's easy to sit here as a girl from the United States to say that, you know, I want all the United States girls to make all the finals because you know that they would. Right. And I can also see how that could be unfair to a lot of gymnasts yeah. from around the world. I mean, I think that it would be more than just the United States that would benefit from having more than two gymnasts in the finals you know russia would benefit from it china would Mm -hmm. great britain really all of the top gymnastics teams but that would completely eliminate all of the smaller countries and when i say smaller i'm not necessarily talking about like like the size of the country i mean like gymnastically like how how um like prominent Prominent they are within the sport of gymnastics Yeah, I don't know. I think that... I I agree. My initial thought is that it should be... I'd like to go back to three. Mm -hmm. I think the last time that they did that was the 2000 Olympics. Yeah, in 2000, they had three Romanians on the podium. Well, I guess 
Andrea Erotica got a medal taken, and so I don't know if you count that. I, I do, but... Um, there you go. That's another controversial topic. We can maybe discuss that one day. <laughs> but, yeah, in Sydney, they had three Romanian gymnasts on the podium, and they all three got medals. So I'm not opposed to that either. I That was kind of my solution when I thought about like how I truly feel about this and what I think could maybe be done. I thought maybe allowing three per country for the all-around final, because I think that would be fair even when you think about like 2012, for example. <sighs> Sore spot. Yeah. Like, still too soon. Too Jordan soon. Weber not making the all around final, you know, coming in as the world champion and one of the best gymnasts, all around gymnasts in the world, no doubt. But so was Gabby Douglas and Allie Raisman was really strong too. And yeah, it just doesn't seem fair. Like, it almost feels like you're punishing them. They all deserve to be there. Yes, they do. And it's really tricky because they work so hard and they do deserve to be there. But then on the other side of the coin, it's like, who who is, if Jordan Weber was allowed to compete, who is she knocking out from the final? Mm-hmm. And are you implying that she didn't work hard? You know what I mean? Right, right. It's like all of these girls, to be at the Olympics, they all clearly worked hard. But wouldn't you so much rather see an all-around final at the Olympic Games where you have... Like, so many strong gymnasts who all could realistically win fighting for that spot. Oh, yeah. I think from a fan perspective, that would be so much more intense, so much more fun. Yeah, I'm yep. flashing back to 2012 and imagining Gabby, Allie, and Jordan all there, along with any other country that had mm-hmm. you know a gymnast that was knocked out for the cheaper country role. Mm-hmm. That would make so much better of a final, so much more fun to watch, mm-hmm. more competitive. Yeah. But like you were saying in the beginning, I do understand the reasoning for why there is that rule in place. Yeah, because they want to encourage diversity in the finals, not just all around, but event finals too. Um, they want to have representatives from as many countries as possible, you know, if they can. And another way of thinking of it too is when you have a gymnast from a country that's not a powerhouse in gymnastics, a finals spot at the Olympic Games or event finals and you know the World Championships. That can do, like, great things. That can really propel the sport in that country. Yeah. That could help them get more funding, more attention, you know, whatever it might be. More little girls signing up for gymnastics. Oh, that's a huge one. Yeah. So, I I get it. You know, to a big powerhouse country in the sport, like the Russians, the Chinese, the Americans... You know, we just kind of take it for granted. I feel like it's, like, assumed that they're, we're all going to make the finals. And you know what I mean? Like, we're all going to be, you know, fighting for those medals. But for a gymnast that's not from a country that's really, you know, known for its gymnastics, just making it to the finals is a huge step. Yeah. So I get it from both sides of the coin. <sighs> it's hard, yeah. Because you say it like that, and I'm like, no, you're right. I totally agree with you. I totally see it from that side. I think the selfish part of me wants to see all my favorite gymnasts in the final and I want to see a podium with three gymnasts from the United States one two three like I think for me being a selfish little bitch that'd be a cool thing to see (laughs) but I totally see from the other perspective how that's just so annoying and like not fair yeah and it also kind of begs the question you know is it fair because the powerhouse gymnastics countries kind of have the upper hand. They kind of have more of an advantage when it comes to equipment and training facilities and coaches. You know what I mean? Like, the coaches have more knowledge and more experience. And we, the United States brings in the best coaches, sometimes even from around the world. We almost, like, steal coaches from other countries. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, ha-ha, like, we're the greatest. But then it's like, 
how are other countries ever going to grow if they're not giving the same opportunities? Yeah. So when you look at it like that, it's like, no, you're right. It should probably just stay two, like, two per country. Mm-hmm. But I think if they did increase to three, they would have to increase the number of gymnasts who can be in the final. Yeah. I don't know how many they would have to increase that by. And I don't know if that would complicate things as far as like how long the competition is. It would. Um, but maybe that's why you could add like a little bit more, but not a whole lot. Like even for event finals, there's eight that make the event finals right now. What if you made it like 15? It's not a whole lot more, but... Yeah, I feel like that would really drag the competition out though. Mm. I, I, I guess it depends on the event. You know, I was f- thinking, 15 floor routines would be a lot. 15 vaults would be nothing. Right, exactly. And bar routines would go quick too. But beam and floor would be like, mm-hmm. we'd be sitting there for like three hours. So what's your overwhelming feeling if you had to right now make a decision? I think I feel bad for saying it, but I feel like uh, having three gymnasts in finals per country. Yeah, and I don't want to be like disrespectful to like the smaller countries and like no, I, and to make them feel like they don't matter. But I, I truly think I can acknowledge that. I think when I'm saying that, it's coming from a very like privileged, selfish mindset. Mm-hmm. But I'm just thinking from like a gymnastics fan perspective and like the excitement of a competition of that magnitude, like the Olympics and Worlds. It's like I, I just so badly want a showdown of the best of the best. Yeah. Whether the only way you're going to get that is by having all the best gymnasts compete. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't be knocking out the third best gymnast on that given day because who's to say that that gymnast isn't going to be the number one on the day of the all-around yeah. final? It's not the most thrilling thing to knock out someone who's a true contender for the gold medal for someone who is probably not even going to make the top 20. It's not the most thrilling thing in the world. So, And it's not, again, I want to reiterate, because... Us, like, wanting to do a controversial podcast, but then also, like, being, being afraid. afraid of being controversial. Yeah. It's, like, I do. I, I totally understand the rule. And I'm, like, not necessarily, like, a strong, like, even advocate for it. Like, I'm not sitting here, like, sign this petition to change this rule. Like, I cried in the bathroom when Jordan Weaver didn't make it to the all-around final, and then I got over it. And it's fine. And it still kind of, like, hurts my heart a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I'm, like, it's fine. I understand. Like, on that day, she didn't do what she needed to do. Gabby and Allie deserve to be there. And it is what it is. I think if I just had to throw my opinion out there, though, and I'm just being, like, selfish and talking about what I want in the moment because I'm being a crybaby, then, yeah, I would say I want three per country. I think I want that, too. (laughs) So the next point of discussion comes from at Katie underscore YY. That's on Twitter. And she wants us to talk about the infamous Live from the Ranch 2004 Olympic team announcement. So... (laughs) This one I actually kind of think is a horrible idea. There's a part of me, the nosy fan part of me, that wants to, like, see that moment and, like, be a part of it because it's suspenseful and you're sitting there, like, waiting anyways. So there's a part of you that's like, why not just, like, watch their reactions? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I feel like from the gymnast perspective, that's so unfair to them Mm -hmm. and embarrassing possibly traumatizing yeah it's inconsiderate and i feel like it doesn't really take into account the athlete's feelings right you know it should be a private moment yeah like that's a moment like they've been training their whole lives for the olympics and you know some of those girls are getting their dreams crushed and to have that be on live television for the whole world to watch i feel like that doesn't need to be a public thing i understand wanting to see it maybe but i feel like it should not be a public thing yeah 
I'm cool with how they did it in 2012 and 2016, where they take the team back, they tell them privately, and then they bring out the team. So that way, if you're in the audience or watching on TV, you can still feel that ex- excitement and, and still feel like you're a part of the it. energy. Yeah, like it's an, it is an exciting moment. And I'm not, I don't like how what they were gonna do with. 2020 which now is going to be 2021 hopefully but you know they were going to go back to how they did it even back in the day where they you have the trials and then they don't announce the team right then and there you have to go to the camp after the fact and prove yourself again and then they announce the team and then you hear about it later on social media or in the news or whatever they did it like that back in 2008 yeah and the top two all-around gymnasts were sean and Nastia, mm-hmm. were named to the team and they kind of got to have like their in front of the crowd, wave your hand in the air celebration. But yeah, I think there's something special about having that, the confetti fall and standing there with your USA warm up and having the men's gymnast come out and yeah, it's being, being announced. It's being announced to the whole world. It feels more like a celebration. Yes, for all your hard work. Like woo, now you made the Olympic team. Like it's like it's more fun to have it announced like in the big arena oh, with the TV sure. cameras. So I like that concept. I don't like telling them live with a camera on their face. I feel like that's really inconsiderate and kind of humiliating. I'm sure that the girls from the 2004 team who didn't make it look back on that, if if they even do look back on it, but if they did, I feel like it has to be like almost re-traumatizing for them mm-hmm. and to put themselves back in that moment and seeing the insp- expression on their face and remembering how they felt. Yeah, yeah, just not something that needs to be on camera. No, that to me was all about drama and the ratings. And I'm sure it worked. I'm sure they got plenty of people that tuned in to watch that, but it's not very considerate of the feelings of the gymnast, but I'd be surprised. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> The next topic comes from at Gymnastics Hub on Twitter, and they want us to talk about, you know, this idea that the Americans are horrible when it comes to artistry, because that's something that I think, that's a belief that's been going around for a while. Yeah, I was just going to say, that's an awful generalization that's been around for ever, I feel like. There's always been this notion that the Americans are really bad at artistry, and they're bad dancers, and... I don't know. I feel like anyone can be artistic just as anyone can be not artistic. It doesn't have anything to do with the country. Um, I kind of mentioned this earlier, but like the Russians are kind of always thought of as really artistic gymnasts. And they they are for the most part. Um, But, you know, not always. It's not a given. Senia Simonova, for example... She had a really, like, cutesy, fun routine, but it's not your, like, stereotypical, elegant, graceful, you know, what you think of when you hear the word artistry. Senia Simonova from Russia was not that. Anna Mizdrakova, I think I said her name right. I'm really bad at the Russian name pronunciations, but um, her routine is very posy, doesn't really have, like, a flow to it, kind of choppy. And then Lilia Kaimova, she's, you know, competing right now for Russia, and her routine really isn't anything special in terms of artistry. So I, I think my point with that is, is it doesn't really have anything to do with the country. It has to do with the gymnasts, it has to do with their coaches, it has to do with their upbringing in the sport, Yeah, you know, how they were kind of raised to be. Yeah, I think I can agree with that too. It's like there's some Americans, like when I was, you know, doing my notes for this specific question, I'm writing down some Americans who are great when it comes to artistry, in my opinion. But then there were some that I'm like, no, absolutely mm-hmm. not. Yeah. But kind of like to the point you just made, it's like, it's not just the Americans you can do that with. You can pick any country and point out 
the gymnasts who, you know, you like their routines, you enjoy watching them, you think they have great artistry, mm. and some not so much. Yeah. So I was curious when I was thinking about this question. So I actually Googled artistry. Like, what is the definition of artistry? And it told me that it means creativity or skill. So it really doesn't have anything to do with, you know, elegance or... The quality of Ballet. Yeah. It really doesn't have anything to do with that. It's I don't think artistry is a one-size-fits-all scenario. Right. Um, artistry is not a style. And I think a lot of people think of it that way. Artistry is how the gymnast presents the choreography. At least in my eyes. That's how I view it. Yeah. I have my definition. So like my in my head personal definition is it's how you interpret the music and the gymnast's ability to perform and tell a story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The gymnast has to ask, how can I make the dance just as important as the tumbling? You know, but also make it me at the same time. Right. That to me is artistry. If you can do that, you're artistic gymnast and i think it should be said too that i guess if we're talking about the americans specifically because that's what this you know person asked about i do think that there's certain clubs that put more of an emphasis on that than others yeah um and there also is choreographers that have the same style that they try to put on all the gymnasts they choreograph for yes oh for sure i wrote down when i was kind of thinking of just current gymnasts that, in my opinion, have a good a good quality of movement. Their routines are enjoyable to watch. To me, it's what I would consider artistry. The first one that came to mind is obviously Laura Hernandez. Yeah. She has incredible musicality, good performance quality. She's almost, like, theatrical. Yeah. She has some flair to her. You know, she has the facial expression. She's confident with her movements. And she's a good dancer. I honestly personally feel like she's one of the best dancers on Team USA. And not just, like, gymnastics dance, because there's kind of a difference. And if you're anyone out there that is a dancer, is familiar with dance, there's, like, gymnastics dance for floor routines, and there's, like, actual dance. But I feel like Lori can actually dance. Right. Marzetta Frazier is somebody, I mean, granted, she's in college now at UCLA, but she's another gymnast that, like, she could be a professional dancer. Yeah. Like, hands down. You could remove the tumbling from her routine and add in a little bit more dance in those spots. And she could be on a stage at a competition competing. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I also have Morgan Hurd down. Mm -hmm. She's another fan favorite. Her floor routines are always my favorite. Every year, I'm like, this is my new favorite routine from her. And then she puts out a new one, and I'm like, nope, this is my new favorite routine. Yeah. She's more of a stereotypical artistry that you think of. The fluid movements. Yeah. The connection with the music. Yeah. She performs with, like, great intensity, I guess you could say. And, again, good musicality. She hits those little beats. And she kind of tells a story. I remember, I think it was 2017, her floor routine, where she, like... She shuts the door. She literally pushes it shut. She locks the door. Mm-hmm. You can see almost what she's doing. And so it kind of like makes sense when you watch her. Yeah. That's exactly what artistry is. Uh, I have a few other juniors. Well, they're currently juniors, but I guess now they're going to be turning seniors. Um, Sydney Barrows. Yep. Love her. So much fun to watch. Have you seen her on TikTok? Actually, I have. She's amazing. She's so good. Yeah. Talking about, you know, people that can actually, like, dance dance, not just gymnastics dance. Her floor routine is so fun, but she can dance dance, too. Oh, yeah. She has so much personality. We need to get her on the show, honestly, because I feel like we need to talk to her. Yeah. She's fun. But if you haven't seen her TikToks, go check them out, because she posts, like, videos of her dancing all the time, and it's it's so good. So worth it. Yeah. Um, I also have Levi Young Ruivavar. I think I said her name right. I, I'm sorry. I hate saying her name. It's, like... 
It's not that hard, but for some reason in my mind, I, I feel like it's just going to come out wrong. But yeah. I think I did good. Um, she's beautiful on floor. I also have Sophia Butler, because I've seen people talk about her floor routine in the past. Yeah, she's fun. Mm-hmm. I think she has some good quality movement there, some interesting skills. Not skills, but, you know, she does her little, like, what do you even call it? Like, dive it's roll. It's like a dive roll, yeah. Yeah, and she hits, like, it. a nice little pose in there. It's different. It's unique. It makes her stand out from others. And that, to me, is exactly what it's all about. It's making the routine your own. So the last topic for today comes from Layla Muir Gymnastics on Instagram, and she wants us to talk about NCAA eligibility and if athletes should be able to accept endorsements and prize money during their elite careers and then still go on and be able to do college gymnastics. So I think that the the pro model works really well for sports like football and basketball, where there's this whole other world after college. You know, in sports like football and basketball, that's kind of the start of their career. And then it kind of propels them into greater things. You know, there's like a pro league, I guess you could say. Right. There's somewhere else to go, whereas in gymnastics, it's kind of the opposite. You know, we all know that gymnasts peak in their late teens, early 20s, and that's when they're most profitable in the eyes of sponsors. That's their small window of opportunity to capitalize on their gymnastics career and actually make money for it. Right. And once they go to college, there's really not a whole lot of, there's not, there's really not a whole lot of options for them after college in terms of coming back to the sport. They can try to make an elite comeback, but it's, it's hard and it's rare. Not many people can actually do that. Right. I feel like for the amount of time that they spend in the gym working they're essentially working, you know, full time job. Full time job. I was kind of, I was about to say part time, but I was like, no, I guess it would be closer to. It's somewhere between part time and full time. Not yeah. quite full time, but, but for a, a young kid or a young girl, that's a full time job. Right. In addition sure. to them, you know, they're in school too. All those sixteen year olds have opportunities to make money, but elite gymnasts don't. Mm-hmm. And if you're one of the best in your sport, and you have people that want to sponsor you, and they want to, you know, have you want to do things, and you can make money off of it, like why not capitalize on that? Yeah. While you can. Yeah, it's just that you can't take that model that they use in other sports and put it on. It doesn't apply to all sports, and gymnastics is not like football and basketball and baseball you know what I mean there's there isn't anywhere to go after college you yes you can come back to elite but a lot of the times these girls are just ready to be done college gymnastics is kind of the last hurrah right so I think it's it's only fair to allow them to make money off of their career when they're the most profitable which is when they're you know vying for a spot on the Olympic team and they're going to the world championships and yeah it's just it's different in gymnastics than it is other sports how do you feel about the corona argument of they're getting their college paid for as opposed to making money during their career but so in other sports when you look at football granted sometimes depending on how good they are they get drafted and they go into the NFL but they're still they're still on a scholarship they're still going to, you know, the University of Michigan or University of Alabama or whatever. You know, they're still going to the university until they get drafted. Right. Or they play their four years and then they go into the NFL afterwards. For them, it just comes after college. Yes. Whereas for elite gymnastics, they, it usually comes before. They have the opportunity 
to get both of those opportunities. Yeah. They can go to college and have their college paid for and be on a full ride scholarship and then also go into the professional leagues afterwards. Gymnasts don't really have that same opportunity. They yes. don't. No, that's true. You, they, it's not impossible. I mean, we all know. There's, there's people that have done it. Mohini Bharwash. She was a gymnast at UCLA and then she went on to make the 2004 Olympic team and won a silver medal and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? But it's, it's rare. Yes. Their bodies at that point, they've, they've grown. They've gone through puberty by the time they go through college. They're, you know, they're beat up. They're mentally exhausted. There's so many things that go into it. They're more likely to walk away from the sport after college than they are, you know, when they're 16 years to old. To come back and try and make money off yes. of it. So I'm okay with bending the rules for a sport, specifically gymnastics, because it allows them to capitalize on their gymnastics career, which, you know, the window to capitalize is so small there already. Why not just let them, you know, have prize money when they win a meet or, you know have an endorsement and promote something and, you know, cash out on it. You know what I mean? It's not, I don't think it's that big of a deal. And I also don't like the idea of forcing them to make a decision about their distant future when they're so young. Right. You know, no one knows what's going to happen, especially in a sport like gymnastics where injuries happen all the time. You just don't know what's going to happen. And there's, there's so many gymnasts that were super talented, could have done amazing in college. But they made the decision to go pro because they had to make that decision. And Rebecca Bross, for example, in 2009, 2010, most people would say that she was looking like, okay, it's hard. I don't want to say a lock because no one's actually thinking of locks that early. But like, she was like a strong contender. Yes. And if all goes well, she was going to make the team. She was expected heavily to make that team in 2012. Yes. But then injuries happen and, you know, life happens and whatever. And... She went pro, though, because she was banking on her successes in 2009 and 2010. Because she was highly successful in yes. those years. So, you know, it made sense for her at that time, being the top gymnast in the United States, to go pro. But then it backfired because she didn't make the Olympic team. Right. So then she really essentially didn't do either. She didn't get to have too much of a... I don't know what the word I'm trying to say, but she didn't really have a whole lot of success in her pro gymnastics career. Mm -hmm. And she also didn't go to college and reap the benefits of having a college scholarship. Yeah, Bianca Beeger was another one from the 2008 cycle. She would have been like a killer college gymnast, but she went pro because, you know, she won medals at the World Championships in 2006, I believe. Yeah. And... Yeah, she was in contention for the Olympic team, and she made that decision. Darlene Hill was another one, which she was kind of an odd one for me, I think, to go pro, because she she did it in 2008. She wasn't really in contention for the Olympic team, um, but I believe she accepted a sponsorship to help pay for a shoulder surgery. Her family was not very well off, and she kind of needed all the money she could get. So she went pro for that reason. Well, I know she was on the Pacific Rim team too, so it's possible she could have got some money from the team gold medal there. Mm -hmm. And don't quote me on this, but I think she got a medal on floor. I could totally be wrong. I might be making that up. She did get a medal though, a gold medal as part of the team in 2008. So I'm assuming that she probably got some sort of prize money from that. Yeah, it's just a very small, 
a small amount of money, I guess, to go pro over. A college scholarship would have been worth more, I'm assuming. Yeah. But, but I, I mean, ultimately, it's her choice, and I guess it makes sense for her life and what she needed to do with that I time. just wish that she and all these other athletes would have the opportunity to do both. Yeah, they, they don't have to make those decisions mm-hmm. so young and so early on in their careers. Yeah, it just doesn't seem fair. You know, even Jordan Weaver. It's like, we would have loved to have seen her in college gymnastics, but at the time, she did the right thing. Going pro was 100% the right thing for Jordan to do because she's the world champion. She's the national champion. She's the American Cup champion. She's a front runner for the Olympic all-around gold medal and you know no one would have predicted that she was not going to even make the all-around final you you can't predict those kind of things and so to have a teenage girl make that kind of decision and almost like have to predict her future it's just ridiculous I don't like that at all Thank you guys so much for tuning in to today's episode, and we hope you enjoyed hearing some of our unpopular gymnastics opinions. We kind of liked doing this, so we probably will do another one of these again in the future. If there's something you want us to talk about, feel free to reach out on social media. We're at All Things Gym Pod on Instagram and Twitter, and you can also send us an email. We're at allthingsgympod at gmail.com if there's something that you want to know how we feel about. Yeah, there's definitely a lot more controversial, I guess you could say, topics for us to discuss. So be on the lookout for that because we do plan on doing another one, hopefully soon. We hope you guys have a great week and we can't wait to talk to you again next Monday. Bye. Bye. Bye.